Hello and welcome to Money Life. This is Sucheta Tilal. This week, we are discussing the Securities and Exchange Board of India, or rather, its chairperson, Madhvi Puri Pooch. Question we are asking is, is she getting it right or wrong as far as regulation is concerned? Now, why are we discussing this? Many reasons. First, she's been the subject of several media columns in recent days. She is the first private sector person to head SEBI after a string of bureaucrats. She's the first woman to head the market regulator. And that automatically means that she comes in for extra scrutiny. This, but the bigger reason is that there's also an emerging consensus of sorts that she works very hard, that she's data-driven, she's more outspoken than most of her predecessors, and that she would like to be seen as being tough and fair. Now, how is she faring on that count? If you ask me, it's a mixed bag so far, but tilts towards the positive. Because remember, there's a lot to clean up at SEBI, even without the big elephant in the room which she has to handle, which is the Adani Hindenburg price manipulation report, which is in the Supreme Court with a string of petitions. That is the big test that many of her predecessors have not had to face. But let's keep aside the Adani Hindenburg issue for the moment and let's look at what SEBI is facing in terms of media spotlight. Strangely enough, it's not for the torrent of discussion papers and new regulations that SEBI has been spewing out. In fact, those of you who have watched this regularly know that I've been pretty critical about that. You don't need so much of red tape. Be that as it may, the reason why the regulator or the head of the regulatory body is making news is for three major uh, orders that SEBI has passed. They send a strong deterrent signal, not just to market intermediaries who have got so used to being calcitrant and doing the same wrong things over and over again, but also to corporate houses. It's a big signal. Now, question is, will SEBI succeed in maintaining that signal of being tough and ensuring strict compliance, or will it not? It all depends on what happens at the appellate bodies. Will SEBI fare well at the Securities Appellate Tribunal, which has knocked down so many of its orders, which has passed strictures against it, which has reduced penalties, and from there, it goes to the Supreme Court. So the two hurdles that SEBI orders have to pass. It's not enough being tough. You have to pass two exams, as it were. As things stand, SEBI's orders have already sent tremors through everybody under its regulatory ambit, like I said, every intermediary and corporate house. We, as investors, and I always look at myself as a journalist, activist, and somebody who's on the side of the small man, long-suffering investor, I think there's a lot to enthuse us. But in each case, those who have been wrapped by SEBI have rushed to SAT with appeals. Two of them have succeeded in obtaining stay orders. The third has not. Let's look at these cases in a little detail. The first is Brickwork Ratings, the credit rating agency, where SEBI issued a winding up order last year. In Brickwork Ratings, SEBI cited failure to exercise proper skill, care, and diligence while discharging its duties as a credit rating agency. This is just one of the six or seven rating agencies in the country, and all of them have been found wanting, or rather majority of them, including the big names. SEBI's order notes that repeated lapses were found during inspections. In fact, 
Like I said, there have been plenty of cases where investors have suffered so badly because rating agencies failed to fulfill their fiduciary duties. Worse, they were found to be colluding with the promoters. And these are cases where a AAA rating, the highest credit rating, continued right until the company defaulted. This included mega conglomerates like infrastructure leasing and financial services, D1 housing, uh, Altico Capital, Cox and Kings, Reliance Communication. I mean, there's so many. The amount that people lost was in thousands of crores because a rating has implications for enormous chunks of investment. Institutional investors, especially mutual funds, invest money based on these ratings, not just small investors. The losses have run into thousands of crores. Yet, most of the time, they have got away. In fact, shockingly, in fact, shockingly, when SEBI took this tough action against Brickworks, a cheer went up among investors, but it rushed to SAT, got a stay order. SEBI challenged the stay order in the Supreme Court. On 6 June 2023, when it came back to SAT, SAT again set aside the order. And it said there could be a monetary penalty. It asked SEBI to look at it again. In fact, SAT was of the view that repeat violations were not deliberate or malified. How does it matter if you've not done your job and your ratings turn out to be false, people lose money? Where is the question of malified at all? There has to be a cost. SAT thinks a small punishment is good enough. Now, since SEBI had already challenged this in the Apex Court, we are not sure whether it wants to go back to the Supreme Court. What is worse is the Supreme Court's own record of understanding the gravity of fiduciary issues involved in rating agencies, mind you, especially rating agencies, which have to have a much higher standard of fiduciary duty. The Supreme Court hasn't understood it. This was evident in the care rating case of 2021. This was this related to ARCOM. SEBI slapped it with a penalty of one crore, rushed to SAT, got it slashed to just 10 lakhs, which is a joke. SEBI went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court did not stand by SEBI and dismissed its specialty petition. Are you surprised that rating agencies have become so bold and they will keep fighting and that nobody will hold them to fiduciary standards because we investors are disaggregate? Frankly, our mutual funds should be on our side and fight this. Because remember, you can look at a rating, you can look at reputation and be careful. But the minute you say mutual funds are here and expect a fund manager to do your job, when he fails to do it, okay, he got cheated. Is he fighting for you? Not a single mutual fund is taking up the fight or turning on the heat on this count. So that's rating agencies. Now let's look at the second big one, which is IIFL securities. This is India Infolight. On 19 June, SEBI banned IFL securities from onboarding clients for two years. Now, this is big because these are listed entities. Their growth stops. Obviously, they squeal. They don't want it. Where powerful regulators are concerned, like they've done it with banks, HDFC credit cards, they didn't dare to protest. But here, they rushed to SAT, got a stay order. Remember, even here, SEBI's order discusses that it even contemplated that the cancellation of the broker certificate, but decided that was too harsh. And it pointed out that the broker was a repeat offender. 
SEBI's inspections have found that IFL Securities used funds lying in pool accounts and control accounts for its own purposes. This included investment in and redemption of mutual fund units, investment in bonds, metal trust, investment in group entities, and foreign remittance expenses, among others. It also failed to classify a set of client accounts correctly. All this has a huge background. Remember Carvi? Carvi was one of the biggest intermediaries in the market, one of the biggest brokers, misused money in pool accounts. People have lost over a thousand crore in Carvi alone, and they have got back a pathetic 15 lakhs each, even when their losses were a crore of rupees. And this was the last among 32 broker defaults on the National Stock Exchange, which have inflicted crippling losses, running into thousands of crores among investors. Most of them have got nothing back. They have been blamed. They've been called stupid. And some of them have got a maximum of 15 lakhs. So Carvi, when that happened and Sebi was questioned at a press conference, Ms. Puri Butch is on record saying, that SEBI would permit another Carvi over our dead bodies. Now, how can SEBI ensure this level of strictness? By getting tough with those who break the rules over and over and over again. One would have expected that market intermediaries would take that line seriously over our dead, dead bodies. They didn't bother, obviously. So SEBI order mentions repeat offenses on the part of IFL securities. Yeah, sure, it promised that it will correct its ways. Is that good enough? So Sebi says, we're going to get tough. It's got a stay order. Now, one of the things that SAT noted at the appellate level is that Sebi had already penalized same IFL securities two crores under two separate adjudication proceedings for the same offense. If you ask me, it looks like an escalation. You've been punished twice, two crores. You got stay orders on that too. And that manages to slow down action. Now there's a third ramped up, even tougher action. We don't know whether it's the same thing and Sebi is trying the same offense again as is made, it, made out to be. And whether it has shot itself in the foot with repeat punishments for the same thing. Little hard to believe, but we will have a final answer only when all three cases of ILFS IFL securities not only get past the SAT hurdle, but wind their way to the Supreme Court for a final decision. Meanwhile, what are brokers doing? Top brokers seem to have ganged up together to create a noise, and they are using the media to do so. So these are all brokers who have at one time or the other been caught or hauled up or taken before the grievance committee for luring investors into wrong trades, misleading clients, but they launch a media offensive. So a Newswire report quoting several of them says that this action, no onboarding for two years, would lead to turmoil in the brokerage industry. I don't think any such thing would happen. But what are they backing it with? Innumerable examples of SEBI's mild, wishy-washy penalties in the past. Like I said, you have a tough new regulator. The past is the past. You can't say because we got away with wishy-washy action in the past, we will pay a few lakhs and get away every time we do a repeat offense. In fact, one CEO went so far as to say the industry will collapse if SEBI goes for such black and white judgments. There is no sign of it. These brokers seem to forget that Ms. Puri Butch herself headed a brokerage firm 
banks have brokerage firms. She is fully aware of what causes turmoil, defaults, and serious losses to investors and what builds investor confidence. But like I said, a ganging up and a media assault is on. Worth remembering, broker defaults of the past were a direct result of failing to take timely and stringent actions, both at the level of exchanges, the National Stock Exchange, and at SEBI. So do we as investors want tough action? Yes, we do. So now let's come to the third case. I've discussed this in the past couple of weeks, which is a Z group. I think it's a big action because it was an unprecedented action that a high-profile industrialist, Subhash Chandra, chairman emeritus of the ZSL group, and his son, Puneet Goenka, were barred from holding directorships or key managerial positions in any listed entity. This was an interim order, but this order also sent a strong deterrent signal, frightened industry because it could happen to them as long as they are sitting in managerial posts and in control. There's a lot they can do. Without it, life is tough. In this case, the Sony Z merger itself would be called to question because Puneet Goenka was supposed to be the CEO and managing director. Now, what did Sebi accuse them of? It was not a small thing. The 12th June order said massive diversion of funds with a huge document of examples, charts, exactly what went where. So, interim order, all right, but based on a detailed investigation. Again, promoters rushed to SAT. This time, they were not successful. In fact, on 10 July, SAT surprised the market by saying there's no real urgency to grant a stay. Give you two weeks, go back to the regulator, put your defense. All they said is within a week after that, SEBI ought to pass the order. So three important cases, strong signal that SEBI will not tolerate wrongdoing. Let's not get into the past. New chairperson means new action, a new way that the body behaves. And we as investors should appreciate it. So SEBI has to pass all these important battles. It has to get things passed, appeals, uh, appellate body. It has to go past the Supreme Court, win things convincingly. But we've still not touched the big elephant in the room, which is while we're dealing with the legacy of the past, poor investigation, badly worded orders, patchy supervision, nothing more obvious than an NSC colo scam where they continue to issue embarrassing show cause notices. We have reported this extensively over the years. We even documented it in a book called Absolute Part, which is about the rise and you know, collapse of the NSE. So of course, it's very profitable. Moral collapse, I would say. If you ask me, Ms. Puri Butch will be judged by how she fares in one case alone, as she herself called it, the elephant in the room, the Adani-Hindenburg matter. So far, frankly, we are left guessing. One would have thought that SEBI would have grasped the cop-out offered to it by the Supreme Court appointed expert committee. Remember, I've done a blog on this. The expert committee had fully exonerated SEBI of any regulatory failure. It says it's on the job, it's been doing its job, but, but, but. The buts were that it had changed its rules, that it couldn't go into the past because it signaled some different rules. So on each count, the committee acted like a lawyer for the Adani group and pointed out that SEBI was on the job but it's not going to find anything because going by technicalities and legal issues, it is a journey without a destination. Most regulators would have grasped this and said, hey, look, you know, all this happened in the past and it prevented SEBI from lifting the veil, as it were. 
because things happened before my time. It's another matter that Ms. Puri Butch has been a whole time member since 2017, but SEBI is a chairman-led organization. Funnily, SEBI did not choose to take the CC way out. In fact, it's gone back to the Supreme Court and put out a 46-page affidavit which was fairly combative. It contradicts even the general observations, which are very critical about how SEBI works and how it ought to be working and how major investigations should be conducted. All this, like I said, I'm not getting into details in this blog because I've done separate blogs on it and I've written articles in Money Life. There are links that we've provided throughout this video blog. You can click and look at it. Now, SEBI has strongly refuted the EC suggestion, even on the core issue, which is the 2019 rules, which dropped this issue of opaque structures. That meant that Hindenburg had said 13 foreign portfolio investors were actually fronts for Adani because they had invested a majority of their money in only Adani group companies. So the experts committee's view was, well, rules have changed. The opaque structures clause has dropped. So how much ever you press, there is no need to disclose the ultimate beneficial owner or the ultimate natural person who is a beneficial owner. Sebi has said, Nothing doing, the rules don't affect us. This is really strange in multiple ways because SEBI itself has plugged this loophole at the end of June. So it does admit there was a loophole. It has tightened the rules, but it says this does not stop us. It was not a loophole and it's not a journey without a destination. What does all this mean? It means, so SEBI went to the Supreme Court two days ago on Tuesday. Supreme Court did not look at it. It has posted it for August 14th which ends the period that, that's given to SEBI to complete the investigation. SEBI had earlier asked for more time. The Supreme Court said no, fixed 14th August. The clock then is ticking for SEBI. And on that day, if it goes back seeking more time, with nothing new to show, after taking such an aggressive stand about the uh, expert committee, if you ask me, it will seriously dent the regulator's reputation. On the other hand, if SEBI is able to back up the affidavits aggressive claims that it has all the powers, all the rules, no loopholes, systems are in place, and it actually comes up with some serious findings related to the Adani Hindenburg issue, then to my mind, as someone who's been watching this regulatory space and even the birth of SEBI from the time it was an idea, I would say that Madhvi Puri Butch may be in line to be considered the toughest chairman that SEBI has had since the late J.B. Ramakrishna, who gave it a phenomenal start. And if she's able to do that, there's a big if, and there's a big elephant in the room, Adani Hindenburg. If she's able to do that, then hats off to her. We have things to look forward to. If you agree, share this video and subscribe to us. Thank you.